0: Welcome to the Colored Cast Podcast, the show where we discuss all things film, TV, and entertainment. We are a group of diverse people pushing for inclusion. You dig that? I'm hearing my boy Joe, per usual. What up, my brother?
1: Oi, bruv. That's my that's my attempt at a uh, at an English accent because we're gonna be talking German in a second here.
0: <laughs> I, that it was so brief. I need to hear more of this accent. I hardly even heard. What. Oh, I just said oi, bruv.
1: mad ting in it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, we are talking some gentlemen, and yeah, we, I, I can't wait to talk gentlemen, that shit was dope. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with you, man? How you been?
1: Dude, man, same old, same old, just been mad chowing, essential worker type, so I'm still going to work every day.
0: Essential worker but, type.
1: <laughs> but no, man, did you hear about this, show you. like, this lockdown is supposedly extended to July, but then I've also been reading that it might be, like, no one really knows when it'll end. <laughs>
0: That's more what I'm hearing. I'm hearing more people are not aware or there is no exact date as to when this will end. And uh, you mentioned essential workers. I work in higher education, so we're essential, but we damn sure ain't no frontline workers. (laughs) Shit, I'm at the crib every day. I'm bowls in between meetings. What you mean? (laughs) (laughs) But um, what we're telling my students is that there's no set date as far as when campus is going to reopen and we really are just waiting on word from state and federal entities. Everything is so fluid right now, bro. No one really knows. it. it, it that's just the word right now. No one really knows.
1: Right. Uh, so I actually have, like, one of my good buddies is also in higher education and more or less does the same thing you do. Uh, and he was... Type. Like an academic yeah, yeah, advisor? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, like, I was talking to him the other day and, like, uh, are you guys, like, in... Uh, Like, are you, like, registering students for classes right now?
0: Oh, God. Right now is... Today is open registration. Like, this day is. So, today was busy as hell. Students are... Some students are registering. Most of them are registering for summer term. Others... Are saying, "Fucking, I'm taking a leave of absence. I don't want to do this online shit anymore," <laughs> and I can't blame them for it. You know, especially as a, a, a student myself, I understand that my my learning style is in the classroom, bro. So yeah, it's it's what, what's up with your boy? Is is he is he busy at this time? Is it time for him to register? Is, are his students registering as well?
1: Yeah, his students are registering. Uh, he works over at APU, so yeah, it's it's registration season for them. But he was telling me yesterday, like. uh <laughs> Like, it's the busiest he's ever been in this whole lockdown thing because he has to look over stuff like, and I'm sure you do the same thing. It's like, okay, like, looking at high school transcripts, if they've taken AP classes, like, how should I map out what their next four years are going to look like, you know? I'm just like, dang, that sounds sounds nuts.
0: <laughs> Damn, yeah, he's, I yeah, sounds like he's in... <laughs> he's in the trenches too I, f- I feel him you know i'm i'm very busy and during this <laughs> entire quarantine i have been busy but end of the day i'm just grateful to have this motherfucking job it's dope to be working and i know many people are not bro ha- had this been tch, had this been what two years ago when i was working at warner brothers i would not have a job right now so man I, i'm i very humble just to be working so
1: oh my gosh yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people aren't. And that like even like me thinking about that too, I was gunning for an entertainment industry job for the longest time. Then eventually I was like, Okay, I'm gonna work at the hospital. And sure enough, like if I was working at like Viacom or something with you, who knows what I'd be doing right now. <laughs>
0: Oh, sure. Right. Right. And I, I reached out to my Viacom people and I was like, bro, what's what's up with y'all? And they did say that they are working remotely. So that's that's pretty cool that, you know, the ad sales people are still getting that in. Uh, when I was at, you know, Warner Brothers, I was more customer service oriented and that was based entirely off of studio tours. So if sure. people are no longer doing studio tours, that's an entire department of people no longer with a job. So. As you said, man, you know, it's everyone's in the place that they're in currently for a reason. These motherfucking virtual meetings it's
1: yeah i'm extremely grateful extremely grateful and we and we get to do oh, this straight up. so
0: straight up yeah bro i mean we get to at the end of the day we still get to do the pod so i mean we we've been we've kind of mastered the way and the method of doing our pod now and we've been saying season one is coming to an end and it's it's been quite a fucking ride season one mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: hell yeah man so cool Oh yeah, so you're 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 good then. (laughs) Yeah. No gym though.
1: Yeah, man, I'm solid. Good to hear that you're solid as well. Oh fuck. Okay. Now that I think about it, um, since I still work every day, my life hasn't been terribly different. The only things that I'm pretty sure I talked about this in another episode, but the only things that are different is just like no going to restaurants, no going to bars and no going to the goddamn gym. That's the only thing that really makes me sick.
0: <laughs> but that was a big part of your life, though. Joe goes to a lot of bars. <laughs> he does a lot of lifting. that That's thats the boy.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, dude, um, what you been uh, watching? Playing, playing any games? Listening to any good music? Reading? <laughs>
0: Oh, the same game. I'm still on Spider-Man. I am taking my time with Spider-Man. We were talking about work. Work's been busy as hell. So when I do have time for video games, I hop on the sticks. But apart from that, I watched the movie Wonder recently with Julia Roberts, Owen Wilson and Jacob. What the hell is his name, bro? Tremblay.
1: Tre- Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay, yeah.
0: Right. That kid, that kid is in a lot of shit. He's in Room. Absolutely talented. With Brie man. Larson. Oh, yeah. And he looks different in every single fucking movie. He looks different. That's why I didn't recognize his ass. And in the movie Wonder, he plays a young child with a genetic condition and...
1: Right. I've seen the trailer.
0: Oh, yeah. The trailer is... The trailer did not sell me. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot about it when it came out, and it had a lot of Oscar talk around it, I believe. And we ordered it recently just because I, I was like, this. I feel like this movie's going to be really good. And when we watched it, I was like, there were so many parts. I was like, this is so damn cute. Like, this, and then there were other parts that were just heartbreaking. <laughs> so For <cute>. real, <laughs> man, because, you know, very much from a, a child's perspective. It was a PG movie, and th- th- that's what's interesting. It was rated PG, yet it felt grounded like an R-rated film. That's why I, I prefer a lot of R-rated films. I, I believe they're more realistic in the way that people interact. And I feel like a lot of PG stuff is very watered yeah. down, so sometimes it doesn't resonate with me. And wonder, it's all PG. The human interactions, especially with the kids and the and their responses to this kid with a genetic condition, they just seem so grounded and very real. And really, that the the movie sells you on being a tearjerker. That's exactly what it is, bro. That shit is. It's a sad little watch, but it, it really is a, a good movie. That that's really what it's about. The, the kid, the lead, Jacob Tremblay's character has a genetic condition. He he has a facial deformity, I guess, and it's re- it's really about how the family's life has been altered because of that. And it gives a perspective of of him, his name right. is Augie in the movie, it gives a perspective of the sister, you know, the older sister who has to deal with, you know, all of their their parents giving the attention to him because of his condition so she often feels neglected and she ends up reaching out to the theater which is dope I'm like okay go ahead girl get on that stage you know what I'm saying that's dope and you 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 see a former best friend of the sister you see from her perspective so it goes into these different perspectives and how people are reacting to this kid and yeah that's that's one of the most recent things I watched bro and it's a really that, that that'll that'll make you shed some tears and it'll also really make you it's it's it really will inspire you as well at the same time and it, it'll it's a kind of a feel good movie at the same time as as you know, sad as yeah, as sad as some parts may be, it's a, it's a really good watch, and Julia Roberts just bodies it. She's bro, she's that's awesome. Just so many people from different generations have to fuck with Julia Roberts because she just continues to show people why she is an OG in the game. And Owen Wilson as a father in that movie, you know, myself being a dad watching him, I was like, damn, he's just so believable in his character he plays such a great supporting role and such a just his 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 father figure role it's flawed there everyone is flawed in that movie but you know very loving it's a cool movie so that that's my most recent recent watch wonder dope ass little you feel me
1: got you very cool yeah and uh you said you rented it
0: oh bro oh amazon prime goes nuts if we if it's payday, actually that's not true. We we always rent shit off of Prime. We would hit that that two ninety nine, three ninety nine movie rental.
1: Hell yeah, that's how I'd be doing all my movies too. Yeah, bro. When I took when I talked about *Midsommar*, I rented it.
0: *Midsommar*. Midsommar I recommended that to someone oh it was The Gays because it was my brother James's birthday we went over to The Gays new apartment cool little apartment they have now and we were just talking about recent movies and I was like Midsommar I've heard a lot about it still haven't watched it because I don't know if it's up my alley I'll keep it a stack but I've recommended it (laughs) you feel me
1: yeah no I feel that (laughs) cool man
0: hell yeah um so we've been we've been watching some some good ones as of late we have as you mentioned gentlemen to talk about before we get into gentlemen and extraction there are just a, a few recent talking points that we wanted to go over joe so what wh- what was the first one that you wanted
1: well to- here before i get into those uh i want to talk about how i've been playing spider-man oh <laughs> i'm all
0: about the spider-man talk i was just on the sticks <laughs>
1: Dude, I finally got the game. Remember when I told you uh, I was waiting for it to be cheap in the PlayStation store?
0: Patience is a virtue. Yes, I remember. Yes,
1: sir. And it was sure enough; it was there for 20 bucks. It had all the downloadable content.
0: The solid dub.
1: Yeah, I started playing it. <laughs> over the weekend i think it was like last saturday or something i straight up played it for like 12 hours bro
0: <laughs> easy easy and now are you just running through the storyline or oh, are you doing side no, missions dude. no t- absolutely you feel not. me take it you know what i'm saying you gotta just take your that no rush in this
1: no but see here's the thing about the side missions in this game versus any other games is that it tells you where the side missions are like when you look at the map you know in other games
0: oh yeah in other
1: games it like you have to Like stumble upon them or find them or look it up on YouTube or something, but no, with these ones it's like okay, well I'm gonna knock this out before I go do the main story and
0: oh for sure, bro! I am always swinging and taking photos of landmarks. I am finding backpacks. I I am doing little side missions and then you learn more about Spider-Man's capabilities. It's dope and like you said, since because it's on the map. It's so easy to find. I'll just swing right over to them bitches and I'll knock out some side missions.
1: Yeah, no, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, you'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go get this backpack, for example. And you'll be swinging over and then, like, sure enough, it's like, oh, wait, a crime's happening. I gotta do the crime before I get to the backpack.
0: <laughs> right, right. And the fighting is so dope. Oh, the, you're all about... Dude, the fighting all is about so much it, man.
1: fun. The, fight, the, the combat in this is awesome. And,
0: uh... Oh, it's the, the finishers?
1: The swinging, too, like of course like when you first play a game like sometimes it can be frustrating just because you don't know what you're doing but like once i got down to like all the mechanics of how to swing properly and stuff i'm like dude this is amazing
0: (laughs) oh for sure because it takes just a little bit of time in spider-man it does take just a little bit to understand how to swing properly yeah you know how to swing but every spider-man is different so once you catch your group now i would be swinging my ass off i'm vaulting through buildings i'm Running, I'm doing the wall runs. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a lot smooth, and when it's smooth, it's easy for you to navigate. Sometimes Spider Man's momentum is going so damn fast, so it's hard to fucking slow his ass down. I'll be just going over some of my little points you know some of the points on the map i'll be just swinging right over i'm like god damn it (laughs) slow down yeah
1: um what's your favorite suit what suits do you have so far
0: oh what suits i have the bulletproof one the black one it's black and yellow it's bulletproof Uh even though when i've worn it sometimes i still be getting shot in that motherfucker i'm like what the hell (laughs) so i have that of course you have the far from home the sam raimi which none of those have additional Capabilities that just for looks, right? Apart from those,
1: yeah, but what's your favorite though?
0: Oh, my favorite one, my favorite one is the white spider, the one I'm the one that you're in a majority of the time. Oh, just
1: the one that, oh, okay, the main, yeah, the main game one,
0: right? Right, gotcha. I, how, how do you, I mean, I, I don't believe I've gotten many other additional suits.
1: Uh, well, I don't know how far, I mean, I've been playing it a lot, so <laughs> I don't know how far you are, but pretty much,
0: I'm about 50%. Storyline through. I I just finished. I don't even want to say where are you at.
1: Uh, I I couldn't even tell you just because like <laughs> I've been doing I've been doing all the side stuff. I have no idea where I am in the story. Uh, I'm where they're like investigating Martin Lee.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just wrapping up that. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying?
1: Okay. Well, yeah. Like I've like so far I've unlocked, like my favorite suit is the one that you get from black cat. It's like the, the black Spider-Man suit with the red spider on it and the eyes are red
0: oh damn how did you get that doing black cat missions
1: yeah you have to uh find like i don't even know if you've started this side mission but you pretty much have to find all these locations and track down black cat i mean you don't track
0: right right and you take photos Yeah, you
1: take photos of her little cat that she leaves behind at places
0: (laughs) yeah it's sexy i'm like okay black cat okay felicia hardy
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I pretty much completed all those. There's like 12 cats that you have to find all around the city. And then once you do that, you can just, you unlock it and put it on.
0: <laughs> Type. Easy. Okay. But yeah, no,
1: there's that one. And I also really like the Spider-Man 2099 suit. Do you know what that looks like?
0: Oh, I know exactly what that looks like. That's uh, Dude, that one's so cool.
1: The one that has like the, the weird things on the forearms, like the spikes. Right, it has like
0: the spikes on like the forearms and kind of the elbow areas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that one's fucking sweet.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's some classic Spider-Man shit. I don't know if you remember the video game called Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, but there were a lot of different Spider-Man suits in that game, I believe. I never even played it. I just remember seeing it. I I like when they explore the different Spider-Mans, like Spider-Man 2099, Scarlet Spider. That one's so
1: cool. I really want a Spider-Man 2099 movie with like like a gritty futuristic vibe to it. That'd be cool. Like a like a like a blade runner it would be type of future.
0: Right, right. With right, him as a Spider Man. That kind of oh,
1: a... that'd be sweet.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be nuts. That would be nuts. But anyway,
1: should we get into some news?
0: Bro, we can get into some news. You dig that? <laughs> All
1: right, let's talk about this real quick. We talked about X Men last episode. Uh, the movie New Mutants.
0: So much X Men.
1: New Mutants okay. finally has a new release date. It's been been through the ringer as far as like getting pushed back. Like this movie has had five different release dates, <laughs> and they keep put. This movie was supposed to originally come out in April thirteenth, twenty eighteen, and now we're in twenty twenty. <laughs> and they said it's gonna come out august 28th and i'm like dude so like they had it april 13th 2018 then they switched it around to february 22nd 2019 then they pushed it again to august 2nd 2019 then another one to april 3rd i'm like dude just put this damn movie on disney plus what the fuck
0: <laughs> bro and to keep it a stack based off the trailer and everything i'm a lot of people have to agree with me when saying what the fuck is this? Yeah, I mean- It looks like a horror movie. It's called New Mutants. And when I hear mutants, I automatically assume X-Men. Yeah. So when I watch that trailer, I ha- I just don't know what the f- hell I am watching. And the fact that it's gotten pushed, I could really care less. That movie just does not intrigue me, and it has not whatsoever. So they can push that hoe to 2020 tree, and I'll be silent. <laughs> like damn just put it
1: somewhere i mean yeah like they they must think there's something where it's worth like the the theatrical experience
0: they oh they do it that's that's what it's feeling like if they were to drop that on demand now i I would probably cop it i would pay no more than 10 bucks but i would cop it just to see what's up because
1: just just see what it's talking about yeah (laughs) man i'm
0: all about different (laughs) concepts things that kind of break away from the mainstream expectation of what superhero movies are. I like when superhero genres try something just a little bit different. They don't need to reinvent the wheel, just do something a little bit different. So if New Mutants is something like that to where it stays true to what we expect from comic book movies, but kind of gives us just a different perspective, I'm all about it. But it just it, it's striking me right now as some horror teen, young adult shit I never asked for type of
1: nobody asked for this absolutely nobody asked right. for this right we we say <laughs> that
0: often and it's because it's true i feel like we're really in the age where people are just dropping a lot because fans are so willing to watch we're so willing to consume so anything that's slapped with a comic book entity like marvel or dc people are going to watch just because of that so when you watch a trailer like
1: you know what this is too Remember, uh, last episode or something, you were talking about how Sophie Turner, like, Dark Phoenix was a movie that was made specifically for her because she was riding off of the success of Game of Thrones, and she was, like, the hottest actress at the time, like, she was just popping, you know? So... In this movie, you have Maisie Williams, who's Arya Stark in Game of Thrones. So, it's like what you said. Like, right. Maybe when this movie was coming out, I, I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones was still going on at the time. They're probably just banking on her since she's like one one of the biggest stars of that time, too.
0: Right. Right. Because when I saw her face in it, I was like, okay, girl from Game of Thrones, that's cool. What the hell is her character going to be?
1: Right. And I had no idea. But uh, another dude that's in this movie, did you ever watch Stranger Things?
0: I never caught on to Stranger Things.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, one of the cast members is also in this movie. Just part of the little group. You know, I guess we'll see come August 28th. And who knows? It could get pushed again.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. August 28th, that sounds optimistic. That'll be a cool time to be able to go watch a movie.
1: But things are going to be so different, bro, at the movies.
0: (sighs) Everything will be. Everything will be different.
1: Yeah, anyway. That's it for that one. Move on. Boba Fett. Boba Fett confirmed to return in Mandalorian Season 2. That's fucking hype
0: that's dope that's that's some news
1: yeah no last time we've seen him uh was in episode six return of the jedi he supposedly fell and died in the sarlacc pit so who knows we'll see if these like if he pops up in mandalorian season two as like maybe they'll do flashbacks or maybe he actually survived but the guy that's actually portraying him is Tamara Morrison. And you remember him from Attack of the Clones? He was Jango Fett.
0: Oh, yeah. The Polynesian dude.
1: Yes, him. So he's coming back. He's also Aquaman's dad. Right. If you guys don't watch Star Wars out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, dude, I'm fucking hyped for this. Season two is really shaping up. Super down. But anyway, moving on from that one.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't wait for season two okay
1: since we're talking star wars taika waititi uh he directed Thor ragnarok he also did jojo rabbit he is signed on for his own star wars movie and he is co-writing the film with one of the writers from 1917 and her name is christy wilson cairns so i'm just thinking like okay you have the guy that directed and wrote jojo rabbit which i don't know if you ever got around to watching that one. It was just an insane movie and then you also uh and then you have another writer from 1917 incredible war movie and these are both oscar-nominated movies so i'm just like yeah what is this gonna be about (laughs) sounds fucking awesome though and this one got a lot of buzz the hercules live action we talked about this a little recently
0: that is getting a lot of buzz that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of talk around that live action it's gonna be
1: very interesting man and we're talking extraction today and the russo brothers are set to execute or they're set to be producers for this movie so, you can only assume that whoever they're going to cast as Hercules is probably going to be an Avenger. So, we'll see.
0: Oh, right, right.
1: If you could see anyone as Hercules, who would you cast as him?
0: Oh, God. Is it is it too obvious to say Chris Hemsworth? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... No, would... but I could
1: totally see Hemsworth being it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... The only thing is, though, is that, like, they they say this is going to have, like, original songs, and I'm just thinking, like, can the boys sing? <laughs> <laughs> you know who I think could fit in this is Taron Egerton because he can sing, he can act. He was pretty awesome in Rocket Man. He did all of his own singing there.
0: Oh yeah, I never watched rocket man but i heard really good things about the boy he, he can really sing damn i i yeah yeah i would not be surprised by that that choice kind of short for hercules i would imagine i don't know i think about things like that i think about height in regards to especially greek gods or whatnot so yeah interesting to see who gets cast for that role
1: okay well shall we get into extraction and gentlemen you want to do ex- extraction first right
0: yeah we can definitely do extraction first that movie is dope as fuck
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's see here director sam hargrave He's being—he's mostly known for doing okay. a lot of stunt coordination stuff. He is also—oh,
0: yes, I yes, yes. Uh,
1: he is also known as being Captain America's stunt double. Oh, dope. Um, he's worked on—he's pretty much done all the stunt coordination in all the MCU. Uh, but he also has done stunt work for movies like Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde, Suicide Squad, and The Wolverine. Oh, damn! He's actually in this movie. Yeah, he's actually in this movie, like he's more like more towards like uh the beginning of the movie. The sniper with the big beard and the long hair. Right, right. You remember him? Yeah, he gets taken out kinda That's early. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, unfortunately. He was taken out early. Oh, by the way, we're getting into big spoilers here. So
0: <laughs> We're getting oh absolute spoilers just everywhere. Y'all should know by now.
1: Yeah. Uh producers. The Russo Bros. Everybody knows them as directing Captain America: Winter Soldier, Civil War. They also directed Infinity War and Endgame. It's funny about these guys, just because anytime there's a movie where they're involved, that has to be like one of the taglines, like in the trailer. It's like, oh, from the visionaries of Infinity War and Endgame. Like,
0: oh, for sure, they're gonna throw that name whenever they can if it's gonna help get the movie out. Then for sure
1: it is for sure a draw i mean oh yeah oh i mean they they tried doing that for like 21 bridges did you watch 21 i still haven't watched
0: 21 bridges although they did try to sell us on the fact that that is also russo brothers right
1: yeah they're gonna do that every time for every movie moving forward probably so
0: (laughs) yeah i'm mad at it they've established their little notoriety
1: right as far as the cast got the boy chris hemsworth of course and we have this guy who is a standout to me Randeep Huda, who was, um, I think his name is Saju. He is like almost, he's like the ex-Special Forces guy that was kind of like the antagonist of the film. Kind of, sort of, you know? Um, And he also got David Harbour, who is from Stranger Things. He's also going to be in Black Widow as Red Guardian. So, a little summary of the movie. Tyler Rake, which is, I mean, to me, that's a super cool name.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah,
1: and that's that's a, that's Chris Hemsworth's character and um, he's a fearless black market mercenary who embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord uh, that summary from IMDB what are your initial thoughts what do you think
0: initially non-stop action I've noticed as soon as I started watching that there was going to be a lot going on with the camera angles and there was it, it felt like the there was a stuntman running with the camera just there was a scene with Chris Hemsworth, and uh, there he was going through a building. He was clearing a building or something. Man, they were just jumping from roof to roof, and it, those camera angles—I'm telling you—they were just so noticeable. And it was something different, and it kind of gives you that behind the gun. F- it just makes you feel like you're right there in right there in it, and the action was dope.
1: Right, a lot of this was done. Um, a lot of this was done. I don't know if you noticed, like uh, in one take you know on one take type of thing oh for sure so the camera just follows him around
0: for sure and and that it that's not easy it's not easy you have to respect that man so when you see that it's it's noticeable and it's certainly respectable it's it's fucking fun to watch though it was just that movie is non-stop action that's really i'm very easy to please when it comes to action movies and i hope that they can deliver and this one had that kind of military fight scenes where he pulled out a knife and just stabbed the shit out of someone and uh had he would take on an entire sometimes i was like damn this dude is taking on so many people at once like i don't you know there are people People who are trained to really, their special forces trained, you know, f- from my time in the military, um, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was a Marine Corps uh-huh. martial arts instructor. And what we did was we trained, I trained my Marines and like weapon disarmament and, uh-huh. uh, you know, basic techniques on how to to kill not to just you know fight but to kill as well so there are people out there who are trained even more than i was a hell of a lot more elite like special forces oh man and they really have abilities to do some crazy shit like you saw there, as far as just shooting people and mm-hmm. stabbing people but in that, of course things are exaggerated in the movies but in this one it still felt real he was taking a lot of shots i just i enjoyed it it was pretty simple as far as plot, I really enjoyed the plots. I, I think a lot of it was believable, and I think the action was believable. It never felt forced. It just felt it felt nonstop. I loved it. It, it was cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, very very high pace. I mean, it has its moments where it slows down a little bit, but oh, for even, sure. Even those moments were good, you know.
0: Yeah, they were. They were. They were still. They, you still felt that suspense, and also you felt like there was a lot more to learn about the leads' character. We said Tyler Rigg, Chris Hemsworth's character. They they kept kind of alluding to something that was from his past, some kind of trauma from his past, and then he kind of explained what it was, and, yeah, because I don't know what branch of military he was in the movie, but he was on, like, his third tour in Afghanistan, I believe, and, yeah, like, his right. son ended up... They don't
1: they don't really allude to that, do they? Maybe you just have to assume it's special forces.
0: Right, right, because that's the only level of... In, I mean, in the military, yeah, not everyone is trained for that kind of shit, so it's safe to assume that he's like a mercenary and everything and the amount of tours that he did during his time in the military it's safe to assume special forces yeah sure yeah cool cool movie how did you feel about it
1: first off like off the top what a cool place to shoot a movie i mean that's i feel like that's that's a one of the great things about watching movies is that they give you a chance to see a different part of the world that you may never get to see in your entire life you know what i mean so, like, some of the places they shot this. For
0: sure. Right. Yeah, and you, and you feel like you know that place, bro. Like, there's some places we can look at. Yeah. And be like, oh, that's Rio de Janeiro. That's this place. And we know it because of movies.
1: Yeah, know. some of the places this was shot, like, you know, the first scene where we see Hemsworth's character, he is, uh, he, like, jumps off that cliff into the waterfall. That was shot in Australia. Director actually made Tyler Rake an Aussie. And that's kind of funny, just because Hemsworth is also Australian, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Chris Hemsworth was home. The boy just hopped into his backyard, type. <laughs>
1: But aside from that it was shot in thailand and bangladesh where most of the action takes place And know oh, just seeing where it was shot was awesome right uh as far as hemsworth's character himself i mean everyone loves a protagonist that has a drinking or a drug problem and just has a lot of <laughs> just a ton of emotional baggage but still Very finds... vulnerable
0: but still badass yeah everyone loves that
1: yeah still badass and still finds the way to like finds a way to like do the right thing there was like one point in the movie where nick was talking with uh with Rick and she was like, why, why are you gonna take the job or whatever and he's like, Oh well I need the money <laughs> But I'm like, nah, come on now man, like it's not just about the money. Eventually, like further down the movie he Oh of course yeah, not. he's gonna build a relationship with the kid, you know. So I love that. It's solid protagonist.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's cool.
1: Yeah. And uh finally the movie goes on and then about twenty minutes in like the action just it just kicks into gear you really didn't expect anything less when you have like a director like sam hargrave you have the stunt coordinator directing the movie and it ended up being like a lot of this stuff was gorier much gorier than i expected <laughs> oh man
0: yeah i i love it i love it
1: but dude man when that first action scene ended the first action sequence and at this point they're like in that little apartment uh you just hear that little gun clicking and he turns around and it's like a it's like a little kid just trying to like reload the gun and like, it's still not going off. Oh and,
0: yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. And,
1: yeah. And Rick just walks, walks up to him. I think this is like, this is where Hemsworth really stands out in this movie. Like he didn't even have to say anything, but you could just really appreciate his performance. And you could see in his face that, uh, that he's thinking like, Oh man, like you're just a kid. Like, why are you doing this? And, um, luckily he just disarmed him and like told him to like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was about to smack him or something. <laughs>
0: For real, for real, he really just gave him—he gave him a chance to get. Yeah, he. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect out of like, because I don't know Tyler Reek as a character. I thought he was just gonna be like merciless and just beat the fuck out of everybody, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, they definitely showed that he had a heart.
1: Yeah, which was nice. But um, other than that, the use of—have uh, you ever heard the? Th- the term "gung fu."
0: Yeah, gung fu.
1: Yeah, it's like they they try to like mix.
0: <laughs> that that's um one two one two rappers I run through. Yo, fuck karate, I practice gung fu. I forget what, what song that's from.
1: <laughs> I honestly didn't even know, like. I I first heard that term through movies. That's interesting. It's in a song.
0: <laughs> yeah, an old school rap song. I'll, yeah. Well,
1: anyway. Oh, really okay well yeah no, the gun kung fu in this is pretty awesome i mean uh like the fighting style like the g- whole gung fu is like more famous in like movies like atomic Blonde and and john wick but um pretty much it's just like you know kung fu fighting style but you got a handgun in the mix so great use of that in this movie right
0: right and th- right i love that shit in the midst of fighting the gun is being shot people are being shot while it's being disarmed it's it's really dope it just again i always say raise the stakes and that during a fight scene you know they have the knives and they have the gun but when the gun is just really used in a versatile way during those fight scenes it's really cool to watch man yeah
1: man and one thing that you see that's like pretty common is like you know they're like imagine they're like fighting hand to hand but like Ray still has like a handgun then he like blocks a punch with like one arm and then he just like yeah fires a couple shots into like someone's chest like <laughs> exactly <laughs> that exactly. one's so common bro
0: <laughs> it's like you hit one it's like block once and then shoot it's 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 dope as fuck it's cool it's so cool to see cuz it's very similar to the John Wick
1: the scene that sticks out the most of course is the one that everybody's been talking about you you briefly mentioned it it's the knife fight scene man i think this This knife fight scene was probably the thing that they used the most in a lot of the trailers. They also released a lot of like behind the scenes clips of how they watched, like, uh, or how they filmed this. And I mean, they hyped it up so much, and I gotta say, it definitely lived up to the hype. Just incredible fight choreography. And once again, big ups to Sam Hargrave, Stunt Coordinator. Like, if you want to make a dope action movie, put the stunt coordinator in the director's home. I mean, it won't get much better than that.
0: Bro, straight up. Straight up. And you will not be disappointed. Like, some action movies, I think people try too hard and they think too much about it. Just keep the stunts cool, man, organic. It show us that you took your time with it. And it's you can appreciate watching it. Like, you can appreciate watching Extraction. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. Like, when you watch for that stuff, just to see, like, and and understand, like, how difficult this, like, really is,
0: (laughs) you know? Right, right. That's not easy to do. They just make it look so easy, and everything looks seamless when you go over and rehearse it a lot of times. It it was, it was so dope. I I, I want to go watch that shit again. I've only watched it once and right. like you said, it, it lived up to the hype because I was hearing a lot about it. Again, it was in the Netflix top 10. Mm-hmm. It was like number one for a long time. So I just, I had to see what it was talking about. It's not too long of a movie lengthwise. You know, I, I don't mind that at all.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. But another, um, like besides all the action, and this is a moment where the movie actually slows down. Rake and Ovi, they're kind of like recovering David Harbour just picked them up and they're like chilling in his house mm-hmm. and it cuts to uh, to Saju after like he and Rake just got in their little knife fight. Like you really don't know much about Saju up until this point because he is like all messed up.
0: Oh, yeah, and, like yeah.
1: wherever he is. And then he like gets on the phone and you realize like, oh, this guy is a family. <laughs> and it's almost like he's the the anti Tyler Rake in this. Uh, he is like the badass ex for ex special forces military dude. But he has a family, and so pretty much he's doing this, but he has everything to lose. Whereas Tyler Rake, he has nothing to lose anymore, you know? So seeing them like right. go at each other at first, but then you feel for him a little later. So seeing them team up at the end was...
0: Yeah, it was. It was because you're so curious about who this character is and what's driving him and what bigger motivator is there than family. So you can't help but kind of feel for the guy and the boy gets got got shot Mm -hmm. in the motherfucking head
1: (laughs) Uh, dude that literally I did not expect that like I was watching the movie and my eyebrows literally raised I was like oh what
0: Uh, bro if it's not the lead you can expect them to get shot in the damn oh my gosh (laughs) straight up and sure enough but then after that yeah yeah go ahead go ahead
1: oh well uh finish up your thought because i'm gonna move on a different scene
0: (laughs) okay i'm just talking about like the the final scene like the final scene when yeah oh okay we'll
1: get there we'll get there we'll get there hold off (laughs) but no okay so after that after we see that he has a family and stuff it like it kicks back into gear And dude, the the moment when uh, like that little group of kids like pulls up on him.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, fucking kids!
1: And they're all like trying to, they're all trying to kill him, but like he he's just not phased at all by these kids. You know what I mean? He's just like tossing them around, like. Like what the fuck is this? Like like fucking get off me, child's play. Like <laughs>
0: Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Those kids were sweet. those kids were no joke. They tried.
1: They did try. And one of them ended up shooting him in the neck later.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the lead gets shot in the neck. Like what the <laughs> hell okay. Well,
1: yeah, no, and then a little later we get to see Hemsworth show off his acting chops yet again. Uh it's him and Ovi. They're having a conversation at David Harbour's house.
0: Oh, such a good scene. Yeah, it was cool.
1: Yeah, no, that that was solid. I really like have so much more respect for Hemsworth after this one. I mean, he didn't really say much; just really showed off his acting ability.
0: You just feel it. You just feel it all.
1: And it just shows that, like you know, he's more than just the God of Thunder.
0: Man, yeah, he's he's more than just a, a pretty face. That boy has some some acting chops. I think this time in the MCU gave him a chance to kind of to really grow as an actor. So sure. This movie was very believable. His character in this film was very believable, very damaged character with a lot of baggage. And I believed every minute of it.
1: Yeah, but no. since like he it was a very emotional scene and he's like, you know, damn good crier. Incredible. I wanted to ask you, like, have you ever had to cry for a scene or something? Or like, if you haven't, do you think you could do it?
0: Oh sure you know when it comes down to it every actor has thought about that <laughs> most actors do and it's it's much more than just taking yourself to a place where you're sad it's not just oh, think of a sad thing in the moment but it's really reacting to the situation at hand and if you kind of just really let your guard down you empathize for the character and really just imagine what they are going through and you know you of course you tie in your own personal feelings you would you know it, it yeah it is it is very much possible and of course as an actor have I practiced crying before absolutely you know six seven times a week <laughs> oh, man. but because there is an expectation you'll have to do it eventually whether it's on stage or on camera and yeah as as long as it's believable man just just make it make it organic make it believable <laughs> so yeah do, could you ever imagine yourself doing that just crying and
1: forcing myself to cry No, nah. oh you know i'm not an actor man
0: <laughs> i'm not an actor bro <laughs> i feel you <laughs> bro I, I feel you i feel you it, it even as an actor it's something that, it's like man how would i look doing that but of course i've looked at myself crying before so i've already put the hours into what i think i'd look like <laughs> i have a good idea of what i look like crying
1: <laughs> <laughs> moving on to this particular scene i thought this was like kind of like thought-provoking where rake or uh, hemsworth and harbour are talking about how because it ends up being like Harbor's character is like he's trying to kill the kid because he can get 10 million dollars
0: <laughs> oh yeah he's a bastard
1: yeah I know it's like okay, what do you do? Like, get some money and you can get out of this and, like, the kid's in trouble anyway if you rescue him, you know what I mean? So, that was interesting.
0: It was, because, yeah, David Harbour's character comes off as such uh, a close-home-old friend of-, of Hemsworth and, yeah, he ends up being a bastard.
1: Yeah. That was pretty cool, too, because we got to see Hemsworth and Harbour fight, so maybe that gives us a little preview of what he could look like as Red Guardian and Black Widow.
0: <laughs> right, right, with his big ass. Yeah, He's so we'll see. fucking huge.
1: But, yeah, I know, then then, uh... The bridge scene, man. Fuck that sniper. I was starting to like Saju, too.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Had If there's a sniper, someone's getting sniped. And there were quite a few people getting sniped or grenade or RPG'd in that movie. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ, man. Yeah, man. What an incredible movie. Very enjoyable. Liked a lot.
0: I did. I did, man. Do
1: you think that's him at the end? It's got to be right.
0: 100%. 100%.
1: Tyler Rake had to survive this.
0: So, <laughs> he, he he must
1: i didn't like that they made him fall off a bridge though i think that's my only gripe against this movie is like okay he got shot in the neck he's clearly in pain why isn't anyone trying to run over and rescue him but then sure enough he just falls off a bridge
0: <laughs> just topples over you know and you know how that goes whenever someone falls into a body of water their chances of survival somehow just increase and they do survive yeah it just for some reason wash up on the shore somewhere <laughs> <laughs> They fucking do that in Winter Soldier as well. Bro, for sure.
1: Fucking Cat, fall, cat falls into the water and then he survives. Black
0: Panther, <laughs> he falls into the damn water, survives.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, uh, any any final thoughts on Extraction?
0: No final thoughts. Dope watch. Go catch it.
1: That was solid. Solid discussion. Shall we talk gentlemen?
0: Let's do gentlemen. Such, such a dope watch. I mean... You don't really know what to expect with that movie. I had no particular expectations. And once I, start, once I started watching it and the story started coming to life, I could not turn myself away. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Before
1: we get into the specifics, Gentleman, directed by Guy Ritchie. He's known for Snatch. Uh, that's probably his, like, like, if you know Guy Ritchie for anything, it's Snatch. He also directed the Sherlock Holmes movies, the ones with Robert Downey Jr., those are pretty enjoyable, and he also directed the live-action Aladdin. <laughs> so, like for me, I was like, I wasn't,
0: no, sure. yeah, no, I
1: wasn't sure what to expect after Aladdin because, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't really care or really enjoy the live-action Aladdin. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, it 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 was what it was, you know what I mean?
0: Right, right. Interesting.
1: Yeah, the cast just incredible stack cast you got Matthew McConaughey Charlie Hunnam the boy Henry Golding I mean everyone knows Matthew McConaughey Charlie Hunnam I know from uh
0: right the right. show
1: that was on FX a little while ago called Sons of Anarchy
0: Yeah SOA right SOA was
1: dope it was dope You know people are calling for him to be uh Oliver Queen in the they want him to be the live action Green Arrow
0: Oh man that will be cool
1: He has the look He has the look
0: Yeah yeah and he can act He's a cool actor
1: He's cool man um especially in this movie like all the performances are just solid.
0: i know i know everyone collab very well together
1: yeah absolutely uh now you got henry golding i mean this guy's just a rising star can't wait to see where he ends up uh i honestly wouldn't be surprised to see him turn up in the mcu soon as namor
0: oh so dope
1: and you know he's out here as the film's token person of color
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right this is what this show is about ultimately <laughs>
1: Dude, yeah, I know. Anyway, summary of the movie. A quick little summary from IMDb. Once again, Mickey Pearson, who is Matthew McConaughey's character, is an American expatriate who became rich by building a marijuana empire in London. When word gets out that he's looking to cash out of the business, it soon triggers an array of plots and schemes from those who want his fortune. Initial thoughts from you? I mean, I know you already kind of spoke on it a little bit, but...
0: Again, I I enjoyed... Whenever listeners, when you guys watch this movie, I think you can appreciate how the story is told, and that's what I, that's how I felt when I watched it. I appreciate how this story was being told because it always kept you guessing, and I can appreciate a story that really keeps my mind going. It kind of delve into many different characters and how you know Matthew McConaughey is trying to leave the trying to leave the game, and just how when someone of that kind of power tries to leave how much shit they really have to deal with. And sometimes they really don't end up leaving. So this, this movie with Henry Golding's character, which I just didn't expect him to be such an asshole. He was a, he's a real piece of shit in this movie. Dude, such yeah. An he played it well Dude. played. Straight oh up. my God. Cause Matthew <laughs> McConaughey, although he was, you know, he was in fact, you know, a thug. he was a gangster himself they caught him in a different lighting more of a retired kind of guy trying to get out the game and you got the young millennial gangster in Henry Golding who was just Bro like that scene when with Matthew McConaughey's wife. I was oh this dude is ruthless. He was really about to go there. <laughs> you know, he's a real dirtbag. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. And it's
1: Yeah, that was tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I, I enjoyed how all the pieces tied together. I enjoyed finding out why uh, people were coming for Matthew McConaughey's Empire, and I appreciate how all the pieces kind of fit together, really up until the end, up until the very end, you just see things still unraveling, so it was cool, because the way it starts, you don't think it's gonna, the way it starts is very different than, you know, the the way it, it, it ends, and of course, that's that's true for damn near any movie, but, you know, with this, there are a lot of twists and turns, so... I just enjoy that. I enjoy a movie that really keeps your mind working. Once you think you have it figured out, it kind of throws you for another loop. And that movie, I think, did that up until the very end.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: bro, dope as fuck. Who, who was your who was your favorite character in that movie? Because I like Charlie Hunnam's character. He was like a good second in command, bro. He just he was super cool, and at the same time, he was the level head for his boss there's always that really really cool second in command and he, he he killed that i didn't expect him to be that i didn't expect matthew mcconaughey to be what he was either But he, he pulled it off
1: absolutely uh yeah no I, i'd have to agree with you there charlie Hunnam is definitely one of my car- favorite characters in this movie but also colin farrell's character the coach
0: oh coach colin farrell yeah oh. i thought
1: i thought he was pretty dope as well he and his little crew you know what i'm saying
0: the little crew of young the young niggas they were just some young bucks just going nuts
1: as far as like some scenes that stuck out to me i mean <laughs> when this movie first starts out i don't know if you noticed this but uh there it starts out they're pouring a beer right and on the beer handle it says g ritchie brewing company and turns out i i i didn't know this before but i saw it i was like g Richie. like right. those like guy ritchie that's literally his initials and his last name i looked it up Boy, Boya's Brewing Company. <laughs> he 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 makes his own beer, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? The the product placement, man.
0: <laughs> no shit, bro. That's dope. When we when we make it, we'll make our own damn beer too. I I promise we will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can you can believe that. But no, you know what? This opening scene, McConaughey comes in the bar. He's like, hey, let me let me get a, a pint and a boiled egg. What a weird combination, by the way. <laughs> Maybe it's a UK thing, I don't know. My god. But dude, this seemed like do you watch or see any of his Lincoln commercials?
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, I see his damn Lincoln commercials.
1: <laughs> this absolutely felt like a Lincoln commercial. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> Right, right. And just his look and how serious he was, bro. What's funny, Jim Carrey does a good impersonation of Matthew McConaughey oh, yeah. during the Lincoln commercial. Oh, bro, you have to watch Jim Carrey's impression of it. It's it's so spot on. It's hilarious. But yeah, and that that's why I said earlier, the way it finishes is so much different than what you think because the way it starts is it starts off just off top with some killing and some killing and shit. <laughs> it starts right off with just, you know, gunshot, and you think, okay, let's find out how he gets to that point of getting killed. And when you do get to that point, what you do find
1: exactly, out... Exactly, exactly. It's not
0: what you expect.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate a movie that does that. Um... They kind of do that in Knives Out. Like, you think it's this girl that killed him. And then they spend a bulk of the movie of her, how she's going to escape it. But in this, like, you know, I was like, okay, in the beginning, they it looks like they killed him off. But now how do we get to this point? Like you said, I think that's one of the things. Like, I, I don't know how I felt how they did that in this movie. Just because it starts off and Hugh Grant is starting to tell the story. Like, okay, we start here.
0: Oh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is a greedy bastard in this movie.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, Fletcher. Oh, man. He's actually pretty interesting. (laughs) He's
0: hilarious. He's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. He's like, Now you we have a protagonist. (laughs) And he's like like trying to write a trying to write up a movie deal or something.
0: (laughs) He's Oh bro, he's narrating the shit out of it.
1: Yeah. Anyway, like besides the commercial opening of the movie, they also like inserted a music video. Did you catch that?
0: Oh yeah, the video with the young the crew, right? The crew who's their coach's crew?
1: Yeah. Yeah, like that little, like, uh... Oh, yeah. By the way, UK hip-hop. Highly underrated. (laughs) But anyway, back to Hugh Grant telling the story. As he's telling it, it gives you bits and pieces of it. And it's almost as if it's going on in real time. So sometimes I was like, I was like, okay, is it actually happening in real time? Or are they going to, is he eventually going to tell the entire story and then we'll actually watch it happen in real time. It didn't really catch up up until the part where they went to pick up. Was it McConaughey's daughter or something in the apartment? Uh, Is it his? No, I don't know if it's his daughter or someone, someone else that lived at the house. It was their daughter.
0: It's someone else's daughter. He's doing a favor for a person. Yeah
1: up until that point like because when when we see that scene we find out that hugh grant has actually been telling the story because he's been following them around and like the his whole purpose was like he's trying to blackmail them and i I didn't put that together up until like charlie hunter was like what's what's the boy's name arslan aslan like he he had him as his freezer but then he meets him in the apartment i was like okay so here's where it's gonna connect
0: (laughs) oh right yeah, you see, you see him in the freezer, and that—that's the thing about that movie. Everything was for a purpose. Every character was for a purpose. Everything fit together. It, it was cool because when you thought Fletcher had the upper hand, here comes you know Charlie Hunnam's character, and he's a lot more thorough than what Fletcher gives him credit for, and that ends up catching up with the boy at the very end. So. Again, he's a really good second in command and Matthew McConaughey and his wife, both bosses. Right. The whole movie just it keeps you going the entire time. And it's one I could see myself rewatching. It's very entertaining. It's not so much of a downer. It's really it really gives you that comic relief and that gangster feel. I didn't expect it to be such a gangster film.
1: Yeah, no, what a what a strange ending I thought. Like Fletcher actually went and pitched this as a movie. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's cool like he
1: he went to he went to miramax pictures or whatever miramax films and you know in the background i don't know if you noticed this but you know that movie with um henry cavill the man from uncle
0: absolutely i've seen that movie with army hammer and henry cavill yeah
1: yeah so there's a poster of that movie in the background
0: yeah i saw that and
1: this is also a guy richie directed flick so i was like okay I
0: get you. Right. And that's cool. <laughs>
1: and then he he like finishes pitching the script, and then he's like, what this movie needs is a sequel. And I'm like, okay, well, does that actually mean that they're going to make a Gentleman sequel? I mean, they, they totally could.
0: Yeah, but I was watching that movie with my mom, and, and she called it, too, because they were like, I need an ending, you know? He was like, no, you don't need an ending. You need a sequel. I would love to see something like that happen. Because those are characters I can see with a lot more to give. So dope, man. I, I, I want to watch that again.
1: Absolutely. You know, overall, I thought cool movie, absolutely enjoyable. I mean, I was trying to explain the story earlier, but you know, I, at times I got confused here and there. Like, was it actually taking place in...
0: I was going to say, if there's one thing about that movie is you really have to do a good job of listening because you can easily get lost. So that's not a movie I recommend watching if you're going to be up and down. You really got to sit down and watch it because, like you said, it was kind of hard to catch on to the fact that he was blackmailing. Q Grant's character was blackmailing, you know, Charlie Hunnam's boss. So it was... It was kind of, Mm -hmm. it might might have been difficult to keep up with the times, but still simple enough to where you you can understand what was happening. And I think Colin Farrell's character, I think the coach added a real, kind of felt like a grounded aspect. Just, you know, a character who really didn't see himself being involved in no shit like that. He even says it, his character is like, you know, I'm not not a gangster. I'm just, I've done some gangster shit, but I'm no gangster, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, I know. And he says, I'll do you three favors and then I'm out. But then sure enough he like helps out Charlie Hunnam in the end.
0: Right. And he's like that's that four. Was cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's like full.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It was it was dope. That's I'd love Colin Farrell in that, man. Yeah, he was a, a great addition. I
1: can't lie. I was feeling anxious in that last act just because if you think about it, this is like it's like a crime drug movie where no one really is the good guy
0: um hell no hell no
1: yeah you just you root for mcconaughey and his guys just because
0: exactly exactly even the way the mcconaughey describes weed i was like bro there you go he was comparing it to what heroin is he was like you know what my thing does differently is it does not kill people the way yours does he's like yours is the destroyer of worlds he was talking about heroin when you really think about that statement yeah when you really think about, I'm not saying there's just nothing but benefits with marijuana, but the consumption of weed in comparison to consumption of other drugs, when you really sit down and compare the two, it, it's a lot more, it's a lot less destructive than other things. I think there's no getting around that aspect. So to find out that this movie was entirely based off loud, off marijuana, I was like, oh my god, that's my kind of hustler. <laughs> that shit is dope. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it I like, cuz in the last act too, it, it almost seemed like they they like swooped McConaughey up and I was like, fuck, like there are no good guys in this, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up dying.
0: Right. Thought he was going to get got. It was it was cool how it turned out. Yeah. The young, the young the young yeah. guns came through.
1: Mhm. Mhm. But no, other than that, I mean, the costume design in this too is pretty awesome. Probably one of my favorite things about this. Everybody's just dressed classy as fuck. For sure.
0: <laughs> Dapper as fuck for real man yeah
1: yeah an interesting way to see um like it's an an interesting telling of a story of how like you know you got you big got this guy who leads like a huge drug empire and like wants to go straight and i guess it shows that like once you're in deep enough can't get out of it
0: (laughs) there's no getting out yeah exactly exactly
1: so getting out of life is difficult you see that kind of theme in breaking bad as well oh wait you haven't watched breaking bad huh (laughs)
0: <laughs> I've watched enough, but you know, I, I understand exactly what you mean. Just in the drug game, when you when you're in it, yeah, that's that's it. You know, there ain't no getting out. You made the commitment already. If you never wanted to get out, you should never get in. I'm sorry. If you want to get out, you, you should never get in.
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: <laughs> Damn it.
1: Well. Any last thoughts on gentlemen?
0: No last thoughts on gentlemen.
1: Cool. Ending this on a heavier note. I...
0: You dig that?
1: Oh, no. This, this shit is abs- It's absolutely heavy.
0: Right, right. And it doesn't have to be... It, it, it is heavy. Uh, we're talking about Ahmad Arbury, a 25 year old young georgia black man who was gunned down and joe have you seen the video
1: i have seen the video it's uh heart-wrenching it is man it's pretty
0: it. tough to watch when you
1: and i don't know if you know this little detail but mm. well for one i don't know how the video actually got out but whoever was filming it i forget the guy's name i mean their names aren't really worth mentioning anyway, to be honest with you,
0: but uh, Keep a stack. Right, right.
1: Keep an absolute stack. Uh, the person who filmed it was like, just, it was another one of the guys that was hunting him down. I was like, fuck, it's fucked up. Yeah.
0: Right. And you know, that phrase has been used often in regards to the situation, you know, hunting him down. This person has been hunted. And when you really think about it from that perspective, it almost dehumanizes the person who is being hunted. And it's, they're less than human, but more so something that needs to be tracked down and put down. That's kind of how this video looked. It's like, you know, you have this former cop whose name, like you said, I really don't give a shit. A former cop and his son who take it upon themselves to investigate something. And, you know, I'm all about it, a, a law abiding citizen. However, when you take the law into your own hands, you end up taking a life. There just has to be accountability. It's it's, it's really that simple. And why why it's so hard to watch is because when you see that it's a young black person you already feel that people have their judgments and they're gonna just at least a few people are gonna rationalize or justify a killing like this and when you start to desensitize yourself to things like that to where there's just no denying that it was it was murder that's when it really that's when you have to look in the mirror but i think many people are on the side of okay these assholes fucked up and they need to be cause they're facing murder charges they're facing murder and uh, aggravated assault charges i believe for good reason and
1: oh, well, here a little quick disclaimer uh just just you know because this whole like news stories like this change so fast and, um, yeah, so I just want to make note that today is May 14th.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, straight up. So that, whenever yeah. you get a
1: chance, yeah, whenever you get a chance to listen to this, this thing could be entirely different for sure. But for sure. This is what you know, little details that we know up to right Right, now. <laughs> and we're not even
0: going to get too much into the details as far as charges. They could change, but uh, as of most recently, that's, from what I understand, that's what they are being charged with. Yeah, very tough to watch, man. As soon as I saw it, I'm just... I really hope people see that. I mean, that could have been me, Joe. Just my, you know light-skinned black ass jogging down the street and uh, god forbid i I, i doubt it'll ever happen here in you know sunny southern california but it is possible and i would hope that people would be more on the side of how come this young man was shot as opposed to you know what did this young man do wrong to get shot you know there has to be a reason why he was shot and in, in this in this case, it really doesn't seem like there was. It seems like people tried to. I don't know if they tried to create a reason or. If, I don't. Know, it just. It sounds like it was.
1: They're trying to. Yeah,
0: the, bro. It sounds. The
1: reason that people were trying to say is that he was just. I don't know, they thought he was a burglar or something like that. Like, they thought he was, like, trespassing. Yeah, yeah.
0: they thought he was burglarizing neighborhoods. And from what I read, most recently, like, right before we started recording this, that was not reported by police. Police were not reporting. Again, this shit can change, though, but it's just, why take it upon yourself to take the law into your own hands? You're no longer a cop. You've been there, done that. Thank you for your service. Call it a day. And you take the law into your hands and you take a life. Right. Once you do that, there's no going back that's that's why this has to be that's why when people say oh you know why is it receiving so much attention or it's just like how come it isn't you know and i'm glad that i'm glad most people are really acknowledging the fact that this is wrong and for the most part people are saying they're speaking up you have celebrities speaking up they're they're saying what is wrong with this and i'm glad that social media and things like that give us the opportunity to kind of be aware of these things because we have to, you know, this show was about inclusion, man. We're, we're all about people of color and, you know, we just happen to be people who love movies and we happen to be of color. So when you see things like this happen, you know, as much as we love our movies and we love just shooting the shit, it's, it's cool to just be able to have this, this pod to talk about you know, some of these th- things happening. And seeing that is very much kind of what we are going for as far as the inclusion aspect of our show, because that's, that's some heavy stuff, like you said, Joe, but it's some stuff that is really happening.
1: It's very real stuff. Do you know what? Like, the thing that's probably the most troubling because you were talking about how everyone has spoken out about this on social media if it weren't for social media no one would have known about this because this murder happened in february and yeah you have to think that like okay like two three months have gone by right what's like
0: in february right what's going on
1: like what's really going on here (laughs) you know what i mean
0: right because i'm sure local authorities local authorities undoubtedly felt the pressure due to social media and just receiving such national acclaim they they had to they had to act but god forbid if there weren't social media and we still it just goes to show how much further we have to go in regards to really cheating people as equal i think it's so easy for people to see a young black person and just it's so easy to try to rationalize something like that like taking their life and shooting them and that that person being black like a mob being black absolutely had something to do with it, man and that's just the world we live in so it again it goes to show that we just have a lot more growing to do you know we're ending on a heavier note but shit that's you know that's kind of what this show is about joe you know that's when you when we created this show we said that we want to speak out about issues like this and um yeah so it's very unfortunate but i'm sure it's it won't be the last i I don't think this is going to be the last that we hear of a young black man losing their life to someone just shooting them yeah it does suck yeah bro it's a different hashtag man
1: it's like we have we have one of these like at least like maybe one every six or seven months and at this point it's just like every time i see it man it's just like all right, well how what what can i do what can i do to you know like uh Like for this, there were there were cool um, like websites that you could go to to take some sort of action. Yeah,
0: we posted on the page. Yeah, nice. Like
1: you, you remember that link? Yeah, I mean you know it's as simple as that. Like you know obviously we're nowhere near Georgia, so this is the least that we can do.
0: Oh sure, sure. But even you know just yeah that something like that a petition, just talking about it, acknowledging the fact that you know what this is not right. Those are things that we can do when people think that because an event like that happens so far away that what more could we do you post about it you you put someone else on game to issues like this that's enough right there so yeah man that's the shit is tough and it just it kind of rekindles that little that that voice of activism that i think a lot of a lot of young people have so it's cool to see people speak up. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, that's that's really it as far as a mod. Um, just want to give that. Yeah. And
1: guys, if uh, oh yeah, like you know, if you want quicker updates on this, someone that's been really active on Instagram that uh, that you can follow, check out. He posts Sean pretty King. much every right. little detail that you need to know.
0: It's been a lot. Uh, a Sean lot King of him on, on Instagram. People's you know, feeds, people's stories, yeah. I'll repost what he's talking about, bro, seems to be really <laughs> tapped in with, uh, he's a social activist, I believe, and really tapped into the issues with people of color, so, yeah, I try to stay away from pages like Shade Room or things like that because, you know, I know it's all about people of color, but some of that shit, the news, that they have their own... They still have their own narrative as well. So try to keep your information objective, man. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I that dude is very much tapped in with what's going on with the people. So yeah, yeah, man.
1: Yeah, well, anyway, wow. Solid episode nine, I'd say.
0: Solid episode nine. And like we said before, episode ten is gonna be the final episode of season one of the color cast podcast. So the next episode, E ten. After that, we're we're calling it for season one. We're gonna come back with a, a fresh look and everything. Man, I'm I'm hyped for that. I'm hyped for you know just a little change. I think we can use a little change after all this COVID and yeah, man. It's gonna be cool to just really we've had we've we've come a long way mm-hmm. for this first season. So uh, yeah, I'm hyped.
1: I'm absolutely hyped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it for sure for sure well we can't thank you guys uh, enough listeners for following us for tapping in with the pod for showing love on instagram and for telling all your people about it we have so much fun doing this and again we're very fortunate to be able to do this you know this is not a very easy time for many people so we're in this shit together you know what i'm saying
1: that's fine man but i'll I'll be honest with you i'm so sick of hearing that (laughs) that phrase uh is so exhausting now (laughs) i can't do it anymore
0: (laughs) i want to be in this together at a goddamn bar (laughs) i get it you know i'm saying i just yeah we want to be optimistic it's just okay i want shit to be open at the end of the fucking day man um yeah you're right that phrase is it's in every damn commercial every ad is talking about how different times are now and it's like god damn it i know shit sick all right but yeah man anything else you got joe Mm,
1: no no sir
0: nice nice man well keep following us you guys at the colored cast you dig that
1: follow us at the colored cast on instagram and twitter
0: please yes yes please (laughs) show us love and uh we can't wait to bring you guys more so thanks a lot y'all we out here we out peace peace